And look at it go. He could go all the way. Touchdown. 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 The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Coming up the middle. Free safety. Gotta get it go. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Come on and shout. Kelly with a deep drop takes a long look. He's got a man open. Andre Reed, he's in the end zone for a touchdown. How do you do? One second remaining on the clock. Jack Eichel wins it in overtime. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 66 of One Before I Die. Shout out, Brian Winners. (laughs) (laughs) Winners, dude. He actually had a nice appearance. Uh, Sunday night's game, classic winners. Didn't perform too well. Glad didn't see a lot of them. Um, I'm pretty giddy right now, dude. As you can tell by that little intro there, I'm giddy. The Bills are 10-3. and three. What a game Sunday night. All the haters put them in their place. We'll talk about them this episode. We'll talk about that game, obviously. Huge win against the Steelers Sunday night. Uh, we got Denver next week, another primetime game Saturday. So a little bit of primetime Bills coming at you. San Fran, Pittsburgh, now Denver next week on Saturday in the early slot. And then at the end of the episode, a little hockey talk. A little bit of a hockey talk, NHL announced that it will start the season in January. So that's got me fired up also. I'm just in a good mood right now. And none of you guys out there telling me stuff about the Bills, negative stuff about the Bills can bring me down because I quite frankly don't care. So Ethan, how you doing? Um, I mean, like I said, I'm doing great. But how, how are you doing over there, over there, pal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing just as good, man. I second that where I woke up today and... You know, Mondays, they're always tough. You know, starting the work week, if you had a great weekend, I had a pretty good weekend, pretty low key. Um, didn't do too much. You know, with Corona, still staying inside a lot. Uh, you know, but just had a great day yesterday, obviously. The Bills, it's just the nightcap, just solidified my day. And, I, you know, I had one of those days where you wake up and I said, you know, I said, don't, doesn't matter what work, you know, throws at me today. Doesn't matter what life throws at me today. There's literally nothing that could happen barring some major death in my family that could bring me down today. And so that's what the bills did for me last night. And I think what they did for most of Western New York. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. So it was a great game by the bills, obviously huge win final score of 26 to 15. I believe um, I usually start off. I guess I'll kick it over to you this time. Maybe switch it up. Where do you want to start with this game? And you don't, you know, not necessarily the game, but well, I want to start before the game. Sure. Because this has been getting a lot of heat. I mean, I know that you're all over it. You're like kind of a Pittsburgh nomad, right? I think people know this by now. You went to school in Pittsburgh. You got a lot of buddies from the area. You know the city well. You spent a good chunk of your life there. Um, and so you kind of like these games get you a little bit extra juiced up. I think people can tell, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and, and you like all the storylines surrounding the Steelers because I think you're like, 
I don't know, you're probably up to date on them because your buddies talk about them. So you're into the the juju TikTok scene, right? And yeah, you, I, I dabble. Want, yeah. So I mean, I just want to start off before the game because you know he does he does it every week. So I'm not gonna pretend like this was the first time he does it, right? But he goes right on the Bills logo, does his. What, he does. Does he do that same dance every week? Yeah, he does that same dance every week. Like the same, um, the same exact one, right? To the same music. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, like seeing it, I, it wasn't a surprise for me to see it, but seeing it on the Bills logo, like. I don't know why it kind of fired me up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, dude, cause you, like, that's the kind of stuff. Like I grew up playing football. I mean, you grew up, you didn't really play football, but you like grew up playing sports, you know? And that's the stuff that, you know, if you saw someone doing that growing up, you'd be like, all right, I'm out to just murder this guy. Whether it was like, if it's in baseball and a pitcher's like, you know, doing some crazy dance move before you're like, I'm going to take this guy yard. Or if it's hockey, you see someone, you know, getting cute with the puck and warmies you're like i'm gonna nail this guy when i'm on the ice with him football same deal right so if like me growing up playing football and if i saw someone you know from my rival high school go on my logo and start filming a dance while i'm you know doing warm-ups right next to him i'm like dude this guy's dead and i think you know micah hyde came out and even said that or was it poyer i forgot it was poyer or hyde yeah poyer he came out and said, you know, that fired our team up a little bit. So, yeah, I love that. And, you know, Juju, I mean, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be so fired up about him doing that before every game. And I don't know. I don't know. This is maybe stupid to start this episode with it, but I just wanted to say, you know, it just felt really good for me, you know, watching that whole storyline kind of play out. It's like a story in two parts, right? And you you tweeted that from the account when the girl crying doing the dance after. I thought that was hilarious. Like this this guy is just he always he's just dancing before the game. He gets his absolute doors blown off, right? So like how do you how do you rebound from that? And the Steelers are on an absolute free fall now. I mean, they lost two games in a row and they look like they can't get anything right on offense, especially. So I just you know, if I'm a Steelers fan, it's a completely different story than what I'm waking up with today. So I just, it just kind of makes me smile a little bit. And I probably for you, it makes you feel good, you know, coming from Pittsburgh, get to rub the, rub it in a little bit to your buddies. Definitely. I mean, Juju is, I mean, he's TikTok in his way, chasing Taron Johnson down the field for a pick six. First of all, <laughs> if I was a better video editor, I would, that would be like, I was thinking about ways last night of how I can put a sound behind it, a, a dance song behind this of the same song he's danced to before the game. Um, him running down Taron Johnson to the end zone. I mean, I would love to see that. So if anyone's out there can make a little edit for me, you know, hit me up. Um, the other thing is like, you're talking about like some people don't believe in it, right? Like bulletin board material as a professional athlete, right? Like you should probably go out there and like you have to find a way to get mad and, and find an edge regardless of what goes on on the other side every week, every game, because that's your job. And you need to, you know, do that to motivate yourself to play, you know, to have your best performance, to win the game eventually. But I mean, a lot of people do believe in it too. And, and you're exactly right. Like to me seeing that it definitely gives you an, another level, another notch up getting fired up. You're always going to be fired up, like I said, but seeing that before the game, is like it it's just adds another adds another level to it and it's yeah. just ridiculous. And I think it's it's like one thing, and I don't know if this is just me coming from a Bills fan, but it's one thing if you're gonna go to like Dallas and do that, right? They got a bunch of guys on their team who are probably like, Oh dude, that's sick. Like, let me be in your next one. Like probably like Amari Cooper is like coming up to him. He's like, Yo, let me get in this one with you. <laughs> 
but to do that in Buffalo, like on Buffalo's home turf, like this team is made up of guys that are just grinders. And like you heard Josh Allen, uh, the soundbite earliest of his, you know, pregame, uh, you know, huddle where he's like, let them do the, the dancing and singing or whatever. We're going to do all the work. You know, this is a team where you, you don't, you don't want to fire this Buffalo Bills team up. They got too many guys that are just straight gamers that they're not, you're not concerned about their image. They're not concerned about, uh, you know, they're the, how the league perceives them. They're not like out to make like a personal brand. These guys are literally just concerned about coming in week in and week out and winning a football game. So for you to go on their field in primetime or a team that's been deprived of primetime games, right? So they know how, big this means to the city of buffalo to the you know to the region of western new york for you to go and like disrespect them and they don't care they don't care about tiktok they just want to freaking make a statement <clears throat> that's maybe pick and choose your battles there juju because i think you know like i said if you're doing this in dallas on you know a sunday night where it's all about the show that's one thing but if you're not coming into western new york because there's there's literally no show in, in western new york it's it's football time so that's that's yeah. kind of what i thought about it too yeah, and and also the other thing is is like it's not all rainbows and sunshine anymore. You know, when you're eleven and zero and you're undefeated and you start the season on such a high note, you know this doesn't get brought up as much because they're winning. So the fans of Pittsburgh, um, the the national media, other people around the league maybe don't care as much. But to me, I mean, like I brought this whole TikTok thing up, like in our preseason episode. I was like, is Juju gonna be like a TikTok star by the time you know we play the Bills? Like Juju's always been like this. When I lived in Pittsburgh, as you said, like this just you know brings it all the way back. Like I used to see him like out at bars and like and, and like out at like fraternity parties and like thinking like he was you know thinking he was the man. Like he cares more about that image and like getting up on stage and dancing than he does go out there and performing and, and granted he had a decent game, right? He had a touchdown, I think six, six uh, receptions, 55 yards, but it doesn't matter. Like when you, when you end up losing the game and it, it just all comes down to you and it's just such a bad look. Like this guy is just, it, people are kind of relaying it to a little bit of Antonio Brown esque. And we know how all that ended in Pittsburgh. Right. So if I'm a Pittsburgh fan, like you said, dude, I'm absolutely fired up about that. It's like, yeah. dude, like, get it together. Like, all right, we get it. We were 11 0 to start the season. It, if I was a Pittsburgh fan throughout that 11, no run, I probably still would have been like, all right, stop dancing, like focus on the game. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to come off and I don't, I'm not one of those guys. that's like, dude, you can't, you can't be doing this stuff. Like you're an NFL player. You got to like completely focus your entire life on, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those like dusty old reporters, you know, that get fired up about that kind of stuff. But also it's like time and place, you know, yeah, like, like it's like I, I love I'm all for like the touchdown celebrations or or like when the, you know the defense runs to the camera and, and all that stuff and and yeah and I'm I exactly know what you mean like I'm not trying to sound like this like old dude that's like oh you know stop Stick having fun or whatever yeah. it is but it's like it's different when it's 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 a distraction more than anything and it's like it just and it's kind of like a goofy like the whole TikTok scene right is like it's like younger like teenage kids so it's just it's a whole goofy kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, like you said, like I would be fired up if I was a fan, and and this ends up, you know, going downhill. I guess. Yeah. So I, I guess that's enough TikTok talk. A little side bag. I'm done. I'm done talking about Juju and the Steelers here. Let's talk about the Bills. Let's talk about what we saw on the field there. So I mean, we'll start off first half wise. It was a little bit of a grind, and it, you know, I'm not going to lie and, and and sit here and say I was confident from the jump. Right. It was definitely a shaky start. 
But the one thing that I got to keep coming back to is our defense just coming up again. I, I've, I've been leading the, the charge, it seems like, on this podcast um, about how our defense is kind of rounding into form at the right time. We're getting healthy, playing better as of late. And our, def- our defense just kept, you know, that trend or kept continuing that trend by the start, you know, the start that they had last night. They gave up uh, seven points in the first half, and the touchdown that they did score was off of the Dawson Knox fumble. Uh, so it was like a turnover in short field. Um, they were really, really stingy on the run. The Steelers couldn't run the ball at all. And, you know, they just, they just made it hard for Big Ben all day. Um, Taron Johnson, best game of the season, obviously, with the pick six. But, I mean, he had, I think, six or seven tackles to go along with that. He played outstanding. Um, I thought both cornerbacks played well, minus the uh, the touchdown play itself where uh, Levi Wallace got torched. But I, he had a nice bounce back afterwards. He made some couple nice pass breakups and then had another interception to kind of seal the deal for us. So I thought he bounced back nicely after getting torched. But, you know, I thought the linebackers played solid. D-line, uh, they got a sack, which, I don't know, there's some crazy stat about how Big, Big Ben hasn't been sacked in like 200, you know, dropbacks or something like that. And they finally got, got to him. And even when they weren't sacking him, I thought they had decent amount of pressure on him. He never really looked like he could get into a rhythm, get comfortable um, so I just, you know, big shout out to defense. They, they kept us in that first half when the offense seemed like we could, it was just a struggle to get a first down that game. It was kind of like a nice, um, it was like a TBT game to me, you know, throwback because that felt like I was watching the 20, the 2019 Buffalo bills mm-hmm. where it was just stop after stop. Can't get really thing, anything going on offense. Um, but I, what, what is crazy and which is kind of scary for the rest of the league is if the defense plays like they did yesterday, I'm not really worried about any team, uh, about com- competing with any team in the league. Bring me the Chiefs, bring me the Saints, bring me anybody from the NFC. If our defense shows up like that, like how they did yesterday, and our offense, I mean, our offense didn't play their best. So if our offense plays like we've seen them play over the last couple weeks, Feed me anybody in this league, man. And I'm I'm ready to book my ticket to the Super Bowl because that defense played unreal, kept us in the game, um, and basically, you know, turned the turned the momentum with that pick six. Yeah, and a little bit uh I mean, I'll say this a little bit to Pittsburgh's offense not really having an identity over the past few weeks, maybe the entire season. Um they they've struggled to run the ball and and, and you know, big Ben he's getting old and I don't there's been a lot of problems with their offense, I guess, over this year. So it might've been a little bit of that, but at the same time, absolutely give credit to the defense. They came up, they played big. Like you said, if it wasn't for their performance in the first half, the game could have got, you know, kind of ugly quick because we didn't really have it figured out on offense. The The D line of the Steelers was getting to the backfield. Our O line was having trouble uh, blocking them. We weren't really seeing the same offense that we've seen this whole year. So yeah, if the defense doesn't do what they do, absolutely. It's a completely different game. Um, and I mean, the, the, the interception that, you know, you brought up Taron Johnson, who ended up actually getting hurt later in the game and Sierra Neal came in for him. So hopefully Johnson's okay. Um, you know, I'm not the big Taron Johnson guy, but he does make plays every once in a while. And obviously the one Sunday night was huge. That play was like the, it was the biggest play of the game in my eyes. It was the momentum shifter. Um, 
if that if that pick six doesn't happen there, we're probably going into the you know into the half down down at the at the half with our offense not really doing much and you don't really have much momentum. So kudos to the defense. It was against a struggling Steelers offense, but nonetheless a Steelers team that was still eleven and one going into the game with a Big Ben Hall of Famer quarterback. You know, they got good wideouts as much as we like to rag at them like we did at the beginning of the episode. There's still stud guys that, um, you know, can I mean, they, make plays. They have, they have three guys that can torch you. And James Conner is a solid running back. I'm, I don't get the – I know that they've been struggling, but I'm not going to sit here and accept that the Steelers' offense is bad. Like, they're an offense. Yeah. You're not, you're not 11-1 and one going into this game with a, with a bad offense. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's more – I think it's more so – over the past few weeks at the, at the beginning of the season, they were, they had a great run, run game. They were putting up 30 points a game, but I think, and maybe it's because they're running into harder defenses. Like, you know, like you're talking about the bill stepping up. Washington has a good D Washington's Um, defense is for real. This isn't a Washington football team podcast, but I, I definitely don't think it's because I, I wouldn't say it's all on the Steelers offense being bad. They've run into better defenses lately, I think. And the Bills defense is, like I've said, they're turning a corner here. They're playing more like that we saw last year. You're getting healthy at the right time. I'm not going to sit here and say that the reason the Bills defense looked good yesterday is because the Steelers offense is that bad. I think we face worse offenses this year and looked worse as a defense. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we no, played, we played the Jets hey, and we I'm looked not, worse. I'm with you. Like, I, they're definitely turning a corner. I think one thing that hopped in my mind on Sunday night also was I think Matt Milano was getting more active. He was getting more involved. Dude, I think he played on real. Yeah, they're starting to get him more my snaps. Um, like, I, like you kind of could tell right in the game against San Fran. That was his first game back after IR, and they worked him in mainly for passing downs. AJ Klein was still there. This game against the Steelers, AJ Klein still played a decent amount, but I think Milano got a lot more reps in that San Fran game. I it felt more, gonna, it felt more fifty fifty for right. sure. They're, and I think that's just going to keep increasing. Um, so, so yeah, no, I mean the defense is. Hey, don't get me wrong; it's it's a night and day from the defense of the beginning of the year and now. I just think it's also a little bit night and day from the Steelers' offense from the beginning of the year till now. So I think it's a mix of both. But going forward, I'm. Hey, I'm happy with the way the defense is starting to turn the corner and they're starting to find their identity with these new D line guys up front and a little bit of a new look. So, so shout out to them for sure. Um, now onto the offensive side. I have a couple of things I want to say about the offense because yes, they didn't play well in the first half. That's, you know, objectively, if you watch that football game on Sunday night as a football fan who doesn't have a piece sized brain, you'll say the offense didn't look good. We get it, but there's still people out here in the national media and just people online um, that, that don't that have a hard time seeing what happened from the first half to the second half and seeing how impressive and how big of a jump that really was to be able to go from what we were in the first half to making all these adjustments at the, at the half and coming out and pretty much dominating a, a very good defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, the best defense in the league in my eyes and pretty much putting up points every drive in the second half. And Allen looked absolutely great. Like, how do you not, how do you still not think that Allen played a good game? I get it. He didn't have a great first half. The whole offense didn't play good. We didn't know what we were doing, but to be able to come back and, and play when it matters, the defense holds us in the game. We get it. We get a pick six at the end of the first half. We go up, we get the lead and now it's our time. Now it's the offense's time. They're saying, all right, look it, we, we struggled, but if we're going to win a football game here, 
we're going to have to get back to what we know and we're going to have to put this team on our back because this is the best part of our team. And that's what they did. Brian Dable, adjustment master this this time around. Usually, this the way the season's gone so far is we go pretty good in the fir- first half, right? The first couple of quarters of the game, we, we game plan really well. We have a great plan coming out and we scored 15 to 20 points in the first half and then third quarter rolls around and it seems like we we kind of lost our touch this game was a complete opposite where we didn't really know what was going on in the first half we get in the locker and we regroup josh i think gets the nerves out a little bit he looked a little bit uneasy in that first half and he says look this is our time to shine stefan Diggs comes out and he says look i can beat these corners one-on-one if they're gonna bring the heat they're gonna play beasley they're gonna play Diggs one-on-one and we're gonna find these guys with quick passes and we're gonna let alan do his thing and the o-line is gonna step up here and that's exactly what happened. And they marched right, right down the field on that first drive in the second half, and they put up seven. And and so that's why I, I'm frustrated with people saying that Allen didn't have a good game last night. Allen had a good game. Like, he played well when it mattered in the second half, and there was very few mistakes in that second half. He just had to work out the kinks, and he let it fly, and he came through when it mattered. So that's my take on Allen, the offense, and I was completely fine with the way they played. I obviously there's going to be struggles, right? And in the first half, yeah, it was frustrating. But to me, man, that's what makes Josh Allen, Josh Allen, is that he can come out and he can put literally anything behind him, no matter what happens. We we saw in the Cardinals game, we see it week in, week out, where he makes crazy plays, but he's the agent of chaos that comes back and he forgets, like, it's like his first drive of football ever again. He just lets his arm do the talking. So that's what I have to say there. I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, I mean, I I think I agree. Um, I think the struggles in the first half has it's not one thing that was wrong. It wasn't just Josh Allen was off. I mean, like you said, we got to give credit to Steelers defense. I agree. I think if not the best, they're top three in the NFL, and they came out with a great game plan as well. I mean, like I said, this team isn't eleven and one going into this game on sheer luck. I mean, they got ballers on their team, and they have a solid coaching staff as well, right? I mean, Mike Tomlin, probably one of the greatest coaches in the league right now, right? So he knows what he's doing. And he came in with a great game plan to, to uh, thwart our offense. I mean, he was blitzing up the middle. I mean, it seemed like every play in that first half, there was a guy in Allen's grill right up the middle within two or three seconds of hiking the football. Um, our offensive line, our interior offensive line got absolutely chewed up. I think we were really focused on uh, stopping the edge with TJ Watt that maybe we, we didn't put enough emphasis on stopping the rush up, up the middle. I mean, who was a Hayward on their team was just having a field day with us. Um, he played unbelievable, but the thing like you were talking about here, Alan, he has the ability to put things behind him, right? I mean, we couldn't get a first down and I think you got to also give a little credit to Dable here. I mean, this was like kind of, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this was like Belichickian halftime adjustments. I feel like we came out the offense, right? We, we knew what wasn't working. It seemed like we needed to switch our offense up, get the ball out quickly. They're beating us really badly up the middle, up front. We can't sit back there with a, you know, a five second drop back and wait for these long developing routes for receivers to get open. So they come out firing short, quick passes, dumping off the digs and soft coverage, march down the field and they get the ball back and don't look back, right? And I think the one criticism I would have of this offense, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that they didn't play well. I thought, like you said, they they played. I was happy with their performance. The one thing that I think that needs to change moving forward 
if the Bills are going to get into that contender spotlight or that contender conversation is how quickly they can adapt. It seemed like what they, they got stopped on four or five straight drives there, right? At the start of the football game. I think that switch, you can't wait till halftime to make that switch as far as adjustments, um, you know, making, making those adjustments that we, that I just outlined there. Right. I think that has to happen quicker. Maybe, you know, after two or three drives, you get, you get together as a group and you got to, you know, start making some changes and start talking about what's working, what's not working. I think if you're facing maybe a team that has a better offense, like the chiefs, they're going to make you pay. Right. I mean, our defense played phenomenal yesterday. We just talked about how the Steelers are struggling on offense. If that was the chiefs, I don't think it's like a, it's a seven to three ball game by the time your offense starts, you know, clicking, right. You know what I'm saying? They're going to, they're yeah, going to put they, up a we gave more them, If it's the yeah. chiefs there, we gave them way too many opportunities. Yeah. Right. So that's the one thing I want to say about the offense, but I mean, going into the second half, they put their foot on the gas and they didn't stop. I mean, Josh Allen, what he, he had a touchdown off the rip. He get the ball back, another touchdown. Um, and then, the field goal, which, I mean, I would have loved to see another touchdown there. That's that's another thing. I, you, this team, if you if you want to point out things that kind of make me nervous here, are our ability to to put a team away. Right? We had too too many times defensively and offensively to step on their throat, and we just we didn't do it. I mean, I know we won by eleven points. But I, I feel like this game could have been won by, you know, 17, 18 points here. The defense letting up that quick touchdown, right, after they after we go up uh, 16 points right there, it, it seemed like the Steelers scored within, you know, three minutes. Um, so that that's one one area. And then and then the Bills, they, they get the ball back, right, and they, and they do what they need to do, right? They drive it all the way down to the one-yard line on a blatant pass interference call. I mean, that wasn't even questionable, right? That Dawson Knox to get down to the one. Mm. And you're on the one-yard line. You'd like to see them punch that ball in the end zone there to, to kind of seal the deal. We'll take the three and make it a, you know, a two-score game. But those are, the kind of, those are the kind of plays that I think going forward, you got you to be able to put a, put a game away. And you got to be able to, to flip the switch a little quicker on, on your, your change uh, on your game plan. I'd say when you, when you, when you realize things aren't working. So those are my two criticisms. I do want to give a shout out on the offensive line uh, where I, I think, like I said, we were getting beat up the middle and that was a focus. It's like, we got to stop. We got to stop this interior pass rush, interior pass rush. But Daryl Williams, man, I thought he played phenomenal going up against TJ Watt. I think a lot of the storyline going into this game was they're going to have a lot of tight end help on, on TJ Watt's side. They're going to, you know, maybe put a running back on that side if they're pass blocking, maybe get some double teams going. I mean, a lot of the game, Darrell Williams was left kind of on an island there to, to block TJ Watt. And granted, I know that we switched up our, our pass design to get, you know, a lot more quick throws, not as much, you know, long developing routes where Josh Allen standing in there for five or seven seconds. But I mean, Daryl Williams, he got to the point where he was timing his uh, get-offs so so nicely that it's it seemed like I thought he was going to get flagged for a false start almost every play. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like well, yeah, yeah. He did. He got flagged for that one in the first half. Um, yeah, I actually just wrote, I wrote that down when you're talking. Like I didn't want to forget. I put Daryl Williams great game. Like TJ Watt is going to get his every once in a while, and he had a a few disruptive plays. But for the most part, like you said, they they were helping. 
so much more on interior and kind of letting Williams do his thing out there. And he, he played as good as you can pretty much against a guy like TJ Watt, who is right up there for defensive player of the year. So absolute shout out to him. And then just, it's not like, it's not like Daryl Williams is an all pro tackle either. I mean, he's a, he's a veteran in the league. He's a little older and yeah, I mean, like you said, played like one on Sunday night. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, but also just like aside from him, in the second half, the 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 pass coverage and pass protection in general from the entire O line was just astro- it was an astronomical difference from the first half to the second mm-hmm. half. So just like you were talking about, and just like I I mentioned too, just like the adjustments of getting the ball out earlier, but even even some of the plays that we like the the Gabriel Davis touchdown, which was a little bit more of a long developing play, like that's just great pass protection there. And if and if you know we don't hold up on the D line there, that that play Allen doesn't have enough time to make that throw. So it, it was it was very different in the first half to the second half of, I don't know if we approached, you know, even pass blocking the defensive line a little bit differently at all or whatever it was, but it was well, a great job by them. I'm, I'm also done with the, any experimentation on not having Mitch Morris in the starting lineup. And I think everybody uh, is pretty much in agreement from a Bills fan perspective on that. I know maybe there was some conversations about that, but I think the O-line is just astronomically better when he's in there. He came out for a couple series, right? And, we were just getting blown up straight up the middle. Winters yeah. is not it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, shout out Brian Winters on this happy, but he's mm-hmm. just not, he's not the answer at right guard there. And this, the O line's just way better with Morris at center. hundred percent. Um, also I really want, I, I want to come in here quick with a quick reminder to all bills fans that we still do not have John smoke Brown in the lineup. I actually kind of forgot about him over this, this game in the San Fran game. You know, the offense was kind of cooking, um, obviously in the San Fran game, offense was unreal. And then we just talked about in the Steelers game, the offense kind of figured it out in the second half. I kind of forgot about John Brown and how well this guy can play for our team. And, and we, and I know we've talked about him a lot on this podcast and what it's going to mean to us when we get him back. But I mean, that's just something that slipped my mind. Like he, he's going to come back in the lineup. He's going to be a little bit healthier. We might have him back this week for Denver because this was his third game missed on IR. So if we want to activate mm-hmm. him, we can. So he'll probably be at least dressed and he might get some reps. So just remember when we had this offense at the beginning of the year, the fully healthy offense with John Brown spreading this entire uh, spreading defenses out. You have Diggs who can do his thing like we can see week in, week out, most receptions in the league. Well, now Beasley has always been great, but he's even finding a, a more of a stride now, getting more comfortable. So I think John Brown coming back is going to be so big and that's not a surprise really but it's just something to think about because we haven't had him yeah i mean it came out today that he is officially practicing this this week um but sean excuse me sean mcdermott did not commit to whether he will be dressing for sunday he's going to say he said he's going to see how he looks this week in practice um so it's yet it's a tbd as far as actually if he's activated for sunday but he is practicing this week um and like you said we talked about this, I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago when the news came out that he was going on IR, that the timing of that move was phenomenal, in my opinion. I went on about how, you know, you couldn't ask for a better time if this was going to happen um, for, for that move to be made. So he comes back with three games left right before the playoffs. And we and went and we went three and all without him. So we good went timing, like you said. Right. We went we took care of business without without him in the lineup. And you get to ease him back, right? 
my 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 expectation is they're not going to hold him out obviously until playoff time and that was my whole point of the move right you put him on ir for three weeks and he comes back with still uh regular season games left so he can get into a game situation get back into a game condition before he returns for playoffs and we talked about and you you just went on a little bit about it how how much he means to this offense and how dynamic the offense is with him back in the in the lineup and I would say how the offense has looked the past three weeks without him is kind of scary. I mean, you added John Brown into this lineup where we haven't had that guy that takes you deep and just blows by you with his speed. And if you add that element into the lineup, and I, you know, I talked about this previously, it, it just makes your other receivers that much better as well. I mean, John Brown arguably makes your offense better when he doesn't even have the ball in his hands, when he's just running routes down the field, you know, drawing the safety to him, drawing, you know, an extra corner, drawing, you know, guys get, just putting people know when John Brown's on the field that you got to put a fast guy on him or else he's just going to take you to the house. So, and then the other, um, the other thing is when our bubbles, our wide receiver bubble screen game, right? I mean, I don't think that there's a better, I said this before, I think he's a top, <laughs> top three bubble screen guy in the league. So, I mean, that's just another, you know, facet of our offense that kind of has disappeared over the past couple of weeks. You bring back that, you bring that back into play. I mean, it's just adding another tool in the Allen's toolbox here. So, and it's love- instant chemistry too. Like John Brown, you know that he plays well with Allen and he had a great season last year with him. It's, it's not a guy that you, you really necessarily have to, I know you said like work him back in because of injury wise, but as in terms of like getting on the same page and no, I was um, talking about for more John Brown's like physical condition. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying for that. Like we're going back in easily for that to make sure he's good to go. But I'm talking about, he's not a kind of guy that, like he he's a he's a smart player. He knows what he's doing, and he's an instant fit back into the lineup. He's not someone that you have to teach like the playbook again to or something like that. Where he he knows what he's out there to do. He's not like a diva where he's gonna like expect the ball a, a thousand times when he gets back. He he fits a per, the the perfect mold for a Buffalo Bill and for this offense, which I think is also huge. And and you know that there's been those clips of Diggs and Beasley and all of them talking about right. ways to get each other the ball. So he's gonna fit right back in like he never left, which is just which is just great. And, and P, but you say that, and then you go look at his last game before his injury in Arizona, when he put up like nine catches, hundred yards. I mean, like I was talking about the guys unreal when he doesn't get thrown the football, but this is another guy that just is a straight up playmaker too, and can make plays with his, you know, in any kind of aspect of the game. And yeah. He's, so, well, he's, he's, he's average. I actually crunched some numbers today. He's, for the five games he played today, or sorry, this season, and he got hurt in the first quarter of the Patriots game, which would have been his uh, sixth game. So the five games that he played, like actually, he has um, he has 365 yards, 28 receptions, two touchdowns. So he's averaging right under six catches a game for 73 yards a game, which is which is no slouch. Like 70 yards and six catches is a good yeah. game for a wide receiver two, a wide receiver three, that kind of role that he plays so as much as he does when he doesn't have the ball in the hands he still gets a lot of gets a lot of the work workload which Allen loves going to him and they've had that chemistry like I said since uh since he came over to the bills um next thing I want to talk about before we kind of preview the Denver game is and and this kind of I don't know this could go really after the Denver preview or I'll, I'll just kind of bring it up right now but this is more like big picture and I you know I was texting you earlier today Ethan just talking about the Bills as a whole, as a team, 
And I think they're right at the top of the league in terms, if you're doing like a power rankings thing, right? I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league, obviously. But I honestly think, and maybe, yeah, I'm a little biased, obviously, right? Because I'm a Bills fan. But I try to be as unbiased as I can. I think that I'm a pretty realistic guy when it comes to analyzing sports and, and my sports takes and things like that. If the Bills or Sabres stinks, I usually call it out pretty much. Um, I think the Bills are the second best team in the NFL. I, I really do. And I'm, I'm calling them a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I don't know what people's definitions out there of Super Bowl contenders are. But if you don't think the Buffalo Bills are one, you're just being an absolute clown. You have a pea-sized brain and you don't really watch these games individually. Because out of the NFC, any of those NFC teams can really win the NFC. There's not really a, a, a one team ahead of the others in the NFC in my eyes that really has shown that they can pull ahead. And, you know, maybe you can say the Saints because they haven't been playing with Drew Brees, or maybe you can say the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is an unbelievable year. But to me, those teams are all had some kind of interesting losses and they don't seem like they, I don't know, pull, pull really ahead like the Chiefs do. And then the Bills, I think, are, I mean, there's been stats and different things about the Bills on how that people think that they're the most equipped team to beat the Chiefs. I don't know. I think they're a top three team at least in the league right now. And like talking playoff picture and talking like making an actual run, like our expectations going into this year was like the Bills to win one playoff game. Like at this point, my expectations have like grown a little bit. Like I think they should win at least one, no doubt, and at least be contending to, to win the AFC. Yeah, I mean, going off, what do you think, or I guess what's your definition of a uh, Super Bowl contender? In my eyes, it's anybody that you think has a realistic shot to make the Super Bowl, because then you are contending for a Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, you look at this Bills team and where they stand in the AFC, right? Because to me, when you look at Super Bowl contenders, I only, I'm only comparing you against your conference, because that's who you play to get to the Super Bowl. Um like you said, Chiefs clear far and away number one team in the entire NFL. Um, they got it going right now, and I don't think it's a surprise to say that they'll probably be back in the AFC Championship. Now, that other team who they're going to be facing, I think you look at who, who else is right there with the Bills. You got the Steelers, who we we just we just played, and we saw what we can do against them. You got the Browns, who I think they're right up there with the Bills, and they don't get a lot of talk. They're kind of like um, in my eyes, I, they're like the second Buffalo almost where Buffalo has kind of a more high powered offense this year and the Browns are kind of more defensive run the ball. So I think Buffalo gets a little bit more spotlight. Um, but the Browns are low key nine and three, uh, going into a game against the Ravens that will be over by the time people are listening to this, but depending on how that goes, I mean, they're, they're right there to, to even win the AFC North at this point. Now that Steelers lost to the bills. Yep. Um, and I, I don't, you know, we'll, we'll talk about matchup wise, how they match up against the bills. I don't love it. And then you also got the Titans who I think are also right there with, with the bills. Um, so, so to me, you got those, those three other teams with the bills that I would put as realistic, contenders for to beat the chiefs i think and any given sunday right and you got to think about this differently than we would uh if, if you're talking nhl nba mlb in the nfl right when you talk nfl playoffs it is one game and you know marv levy famous buffalo bills coach used to say this you know any any getting any given sunday right 
on any given Sunday in the NFL, anything can happen. And especially come playoffs times when you got teams that are that good, um, anything can happen. You're playing one game. It's not a best of three. It's not a best of five. When you usually play a series like that, you'd like to think the better team wins, right? It's one game. Can I? Do I think any of those teams that I just rattled off there could beat the Chiefs in one game? Absolutely. So to, to me, that's what I consider a Super Bowl contender. Anybody that I think could win the, the AFC championship. And I think that the Bills, I mean, out of those teams, I'd put them two or three. I mean, the only, the only team, I, I have them higher than the Steelers right now. I have them probably a little bit higher than the Browns. The only thing, the Titans I could I go out get. Um, I, I just can't figure them out right now. Uh, they put my brain in a pretzel. You know, weeks they look like they can be anybody. They, you know, they're world beaters. And then the other weeks you look like they can't get out of their own way. Um, I, to me, I'd like to think by playoff time, they'd have it figured out. Right. And they'd look like they did last year in the playoffs where they could be anybody. And, you know, you get that Derrick Henry run game going. AJ Brown is unbelievable. That defense is no joke. I think they could easily beat the chiefs. So I just, the thing with me is like, I think when it comes down to it and, and you're absolutely, I agree with you. Those other teams that you mentioned are good football teams. And I think they can beat the chiefs any given Sunday. I think the thing is with me is like, if I'm picking out of a hat, cause we all, like we talked about, we know that chiefs are probably gonna be in the AFC championship. If not win the super bowl, like they're gonna, you know, they're going to be there. They're the best team in the league. They, they show it week in week out. Mahomes is, is the, is an absolute beast, whatever. If I'm like picking, like if I'm like an AFC guy, right. And I'm like, all right, I just want like, a, I'm trying to pick the best team to beat the chiefs here. Like to me, it's the bills it, to me, it's the bills. And it comes down to when we get into the playoffs, it, to me, it comes down to the quarterback and it comes down to Josh Allen. I just like, I think Josh Allen is head and shoulder. Like the Titans might have a, some parts of their game that are better than the bills. They obviously have a better running game. They obviously have uh, their, their defense is pretty solid, right? The Browns obviously have a better running game. The Steelers obviously have a better defense. It comes down to the quarterback making plays and, and willing his team to victory. And I want Josh Allen, if you're asking me to pick a quarterback to start your team out of those you know contending teams in the AFC besides the Chiefs, I'm taking Allen over Tannehill. I'm taking him over Roethlisberger. I'm taking him over Mayfield. And I think that this might be even more of a hot take, but I think down the road, five, 10 years, the AFC is going to be Mahomes and Allen like it was Roethlisberger, Brady, and Manning. And and like I think that's like the the road we're going on. And I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but like that's why I think that like this year and moving forward, it's the Bills second in the league, AFC for sure. And I think in, in the entire NFL right now, I, I like the Bills, but that that's the main, I guess, different you know, part that's different about each team in the AFC is that quarterback position and how much I trust. Josh Allen more than those guys like Tannehill dude Tannehill ain't, ain't winning you a big game like Roethlisberger he's pat he's past his prime Baker he, uh, he I wouldn't say that it, Baker he can't he can't lead a comeback if, if Baker goes up big yeah he he's kind of feeds off that but it's hard for Baker to really come back in a game um who no, I, I agree I agree with both of your your Baker and Tannehill points I'm I'm not writing off Big Ben he's a different animal come playoffs and he has a couple bad games. I've seen this story too many times with him. I'm not writing him off. Baker, Tannehill, fine. You know, I've done it before with Tannehill, and he's come back to bite me. I'm still not on that train. And I agree with you that 
there's too many other weapons on that offense that make that team go. And I feel like if you stop Derrick Henry, they're a different team. And Baker kind of the same way. You stop that run defense. The offense doesn't run through Baker or Tannehill like when the Bills, the offense literally just runs through Josh Allen. The offense goes with how Josh Allen plays. So I agree. I mean, if you're, I've named off those teams, right? Because your question was, are the Bills a Super Bowl contender? And I'd say yes. I mean, any of those teams, right, are Super Bowl contenders. And then you ask me, who would I pick out of the AFC if, let's say I'm not a Bills fan and I'm doing like a pool with my buddies and it's like each player gets, you know, each 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 guy gets a team to pick to win the Super Bowl. You know, I'm, Chiefs are number one pick. Mm-hmm. After that, you probably pick a team out of the NFC because it's an easier path, I'd say. But I'd say the second team that you're picking out of the AFC is going to be the Bills. Like, that's who I would pick if if I was doing one of those pools or if picking a team to win the Super Bowl. I, I Just because of those reasons that you listed off there, I think that the quarterback, you're right. I mean, if, if I'm picking a team based on how the quarterbacks played this year and how confident I am uh, in, in in that quarterback either coming from behind or just leading his team to a, a big game victory, I'm going to, I want my, my chips in Josh Allen's table. Um, but I, I just think that a lot of these teams are tough matchups for the bills. So, you know, I, I'm talking about, you know, getting to a game to beat the chiefs. I'd want the bills, but I just think that there's just a lot of there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. The yeah. AFC stacked this year. I don't want right. to I don't want to act like yeah, I'm yeah. super confident, but that's that's the kind of point I was trying to make. No, no, I get you. Like you said, any given Sunday, I mean, anything can happen. Like we see it week in week out, just in the regular season, no doubt. I'm just I'm just very I'm just getting gaining more confidence, and I'm trying and I'm trying to, um, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I'm I usually been like a pessimistic guy. I just I, I'm really gaining the confidence just week in week out, even when we don't really perform well. Like something about Allen and, and the way he goes about his business and in this Bills team and the way they're constructed. Constructed McDermott Bean just getting an extension. Also, we kind of didn't really talk about that. Bean just got a nice extension, so we're kind of building something here, and I, I'm gaining confidence as the day goes by. I'm just kind of my high horse about it. Um, but I just want to bring up that conversation because as we get closer to the playoffs, right? Regular season starts to wind down. That's what people want to talk about. They want to see what the playoff picture is going to look like and, and all that stuff. And I, and I just want to say, I think the bills have a legitimate chance to get to that, you know, final four, get to that AFC championship game. Moving on though, we got um, before playoffs, obviously we got next week of football coming up and next week we are in mile high for a matchup with the Denver Broncos. Um, to be honest, man, I don't know if I have too much to say about this game. No, let's make it quick here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Bills are rolling, man, and we just talked about it for 40 minutes. Broncos aren't very good this year. They don't have Von Miller. They haven't had him the whole year. Drew Locke is up and down. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's not. He, uh, it, Who knows with them? Sometimes um, the Broncos can get a win at the end of the game. Sometimes they lose. It seems like they've been losing more than they've been winning this year. So I think the bills come in. I know it's an away game. I know they got to travel for it, which you got to take into account. Um, but I think this bills team is going to go in and they're, the, they're just clearly the better team on paper. They're clearly the team that's playing better this year. And so I'm just going to keep it black and white. I think the bills win. Um, it might be a touchdown game, maybe a little bit less, but the bills are going to win this game and it's going to be like a 30 to 20 game. I'll say that much. Yeah, I'm going to keep it pretty short and sweet. The only thing that literally gives me any pause on this game is that it's in Denver. 
Um, if this game was in Buffalo, this game would be 20-point blowout. Not even a question. Denver can't travel. And the thing about playing in Denver is uh, that's got to be one of the biggest home field advantages in the league, in my opinion. I mean, the air, it just seems like fluky things happen when you play in Denver. They're always good for an upset. Like They, they did it to Miami, right, a few weeks ago. Um, what are they? They're like 4-9 or, or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I know they've had, you know, Drew Locke's been in and out of their lineup throughout the season. They don't got Von Miller. Uh, they're kind of, their offense isn't super dynamic. They lost uh, Cortland Sutton, right? We're big wide receiver. Um, they don't have too many, I mean, coming, you just hope that it's, we're just not in a letdown spot. I think that's the only thing that, that, that can add up, right? You're going to Denver where you're playing in a tough Tough stadium, high altitude. Maybe it's going to be snowing, right? There's always a good snow game, December, Denver game. So, you know, maybe the weather's not going to be too good. And then you, you, you topple that with you're coming off two big wins in prime time, right, against the Niners, Steelers, and two very good defenses, two, two big marquee victories. And so you're, you're sliding in. It's a Saturday, so that could be weird too that's the only thing that scares me is there's like those weird factors. I like to call them, you know, like Mm -hmm. not the actual game, but just the outside factors. Um, But I think this team is a big letdown spot. Yeah, I would. But the thing about this team is that we faced those kind of letdown spots before, like those classic letdown spots. I'd say like week four against going to Vegas, that was a letdown spot coming off that big come from behind Rams victory or, um, Chargers the, game, you could call the chart. The, the Chargers game, uh, I don't know if that's a huge letdown spot. That was kind of a state. We need to make a statement, but I would say the. Uh, uh, the What's the your Jets. definition of a letdown situation? The Jets. The Jets. It's kind of like a <laughs> maybe like look ahead or like you have to travel across the country. I would say you know we lost Arizona, that and I I, I don't consider I would I would say that would be a letdown spot and we end up losing that game, but we shouldn't have lost that game and and we didn't come out we we should have won that game and, and we didn't let down is what I'm saying. That was a letdown spot too. Um, so I think this team has proven throughout the year that they can overcome letdown spots. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're looking at me like you still don't know what, what I consider a letdown spot, but this, <laughs> this is a classic letdown spot and I think they're going to win. I, I, I think it's going to be maybe a little bit closer. Like you were saying, maybe a little closer than people are expecting, especially because we talk about it every every week, you know, the NFL is a week to week league. People like to make huge exaggerations, right? So the everybody's going to be. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm not even. I've even looked at the spread. Guessing it's going to be, it Bills by six or seven, maybe. Um, I bet people are going to hammer the Bills because they're like, oh, the Broncos freaking stink, and you know, I don't. I probably don't even like the Bills to cover. Maybe I think they win. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a closer one. I'm going to say Bills uh, twenty seven to twenty one. All right, lock it in. Um, okay, so there's that. Uh, last thing here on the docket tonight. A um, little bit of hockey talk here. So last week, the NHL announced that the season will officially be starting uh, January 13th, I believe, right? Was it the 12th or the 13th? Do you know? Uh it's one of those two, I know. So I think it's. Yeah, th- it I think matter. it's. I think it's the thirteenth. Um, but anyway, I don't know. That's just pretty much the news, right? Is the the season's going to start? There was a lot of question marks around well, yeah, when and, the season and gonna... the divisional announcement was big. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So when the season's going to start? If we're going to have a season, 
what's it going to be like? Um, I know a lot of people were saying end of January was like a big, big thing is the season's going to start like end of January. But yeah, they announced it's going to start January 13th. It's a shortened schedule. So I think it's only 56 games. And then like Ethan said, it's going to be a new divisional setup this year. There are four divisions, I believe. There is an all-Canadian division, and then there's three divisions in the U.S. Um, do you have the divisions, like, do you have the divisions by you right now, like, to, or no? Give me a sec. I can bring it up. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a Canadian division, and then there's kind of like a Western, Midwest, and an Eastern type yeah, division. Um, yeah. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you list out the Sabres division? Yeah, so like you said, it's, Four divisions again. Um, Talk, talking to the mic, though. Sorry, four four divisions again, uh, like it's normally is. But there's no no conferences, so it's not like there's an east and west anymore. And there's also it's I don't know if you said this already because I was looking it up, but it's a fifty game, six game season. You say that? Yeah, yeah. And you're only you only play your division. Oh, so, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Wait, throughout the entire season? Yeah, because Canadian teams can't traveled to the United States, so it would make it unfair, right? If if the United States teams are all playing each other and Canada just keep keeps playing each other, right? So Yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't know that, dude. Oh, dude, I don't like that. Our division's stacked. Yeah, so the the Bill or the Bills, the Sabres are in the the Eastern Division. So it's East, Central, West, Canada are the four divisions. Uh and the East is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, uh New York Islanders, New York Rangers Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. So we only play those teams for the entire 56 game. Yeah, so it's 56 games, right? So that means you play each team in your division eight times. Eight times seven is 56. Dude, this is a weird, this is gonna be a weird season. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of is, but I mean, and it, it sucks that we have to waste the, the one year Taylor Hall contract on it, but uh, it, it is what it is. To me, we we are getting hockey. We're getting hockey. Yeah. And at this point, it's like I haven't watched a Sabres which a Sabres game which just feels like five years, man. And I I forget what it's like to watch. I literally forget what it's like to watch a Buffalo hockey game. And so at this point, just put the games on TV. Let me watch something. The thing that's gonna suck, man, is there isn't like at this point in the season, we'd be we'd be watching if this was normal. We'd have the Bills and Sabres going at the same time. So like if the Sabres suck, we'd have the Bills right now to like, you know, keep our heads up high. If when this when the Sabres there's gonna be hopefully there'll be a little overlap, right? Hopefully the Bills will still be playing by the time the Sabres start. But you know, after the Bills are out and we only got the Sabres, it's gonna be tough if we're playing these teams. Like it's there's literally, like I was saying, with that division, there's no there's no games off. You got you got Jersey who kind of sucks, but after that. I mean, every team's better than us, I'd say. Wait, so then what? what's the playoff deal? How does that work? So the playoffs, what I was reading is, this is just like me teaching you. (laughs) 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 This is like guy brings up topic on podcast, doesn't know anything about it, and then like ask the other guy about it. That's that's the deal right here. All right. Well, this is, let me tell you how it works. So there's, there's four divisions, and since there's no conferences you play out of your division in the playoffs. So the top four seeds in each division make the playoffs. And then, you know, I'm guessing it's going to be like one plays four in each division. Right. And then you'll have the four 
division winners kind of make like a final four. So it's kind of, I think it's going to be kind of like March madness style. style. So it's uh, not, so it's not going to be, okay. So I get you, right. You play your division the entire season, top four teams from each division wins, but is it not? And then, and then so you you said there's no conferences, but when it comes playoff time, is there going to be, you know, maybe the East and the Midwest combined for a one through eight and then the Canadians in the West. No, no, no. You, you, you top four in each division. Right. And then in each division, Number one in your division plays number four. Two okay, plays so then there's three. gonna be so there's gonna be two teams coming out of each division. Yep, and then you play each other, and then it'll be one team coming out of each division. Oh, so then it's like like you said, so it'll be like a final four. So you're literally gonna be only playing <laughs> your you're you're literally only playing your division until there's it's four teams like college, left in the league. Yeah, it's gonna kind of be like a college football. You know, you play your conference and you uh, you come together at the end there and see who's who's the champion i mean that's gonna be that's i mean like obviously i'd rather like a normal season like i like i like playing you know everybody in the league but i mean that's that's gonna be kind of cool i mean like you said like it's gonna be hockey dude i think the one thing uh, the rivalries are gonna be unreal i mean you're playing literally the same guys over and over and over and over and over again i mean there's just gonna it's gonna be chippy every game is gonna be a grind 56 games between mid-january and if they're still trying to keep their normal schedule of ending the season in April. That's a freaking grind. So, I mean, it's going to, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I don't love it for the Sabres based on who's in their division. Cause I mean, you look at that. So you're saying you gotta, you gotta be in the top four of that division. So that means, you know, Boston, I'm not going to sit here and act like we're going to be better than Boston. Uh, you got Washington. Who's going to be top Pittsburgh's going to be top Philly's uh, on played unreal last year. They're going to be good. I mean, there's four teams right there that you have to beat one of those four to even make the playoffs, and then you still got the Rangers, Islanders, Devils will be better than hope. I mean, if we're not better than the Devils, well, we're coming in last in the in the in the division. So, I mean, Islanders, Rangers, they were playoff teams last year. We literally have a team of playoff what division teams in the is Tampa. So Tampa's in the Central with uh, Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville. Yeah, our division is the best division. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could argue Canada, but not. I wouldn't. I mean, that uh, top four you mentioned before, like like Boston, Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh. That's a top. That's a that's a loaded top four. Yeah, and that's not even throwing like the Rangers. I feel like Rangers fans are going to be upset if they don't make the playoffs this year. Islanders too, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that hey, at least at least hockey's coming back. Um, I will say the one thing that got me hyped up for Sabres in general, again, even if we do suck, is, first of all, just watching Jack Eichel plays is, is always a treat. I miss that just, you know, in its own. I, I miss watching Jack Eichel sling it out there and put three goals to still lose the game, but he's just a beauty and, and love watching him play. But also, seeing that clip of uh, Jeff Skinner and Taylor Hall practicing together the other night was pretty cool. Yep. Just to see, you know, Halsey kind of getting in the mix with the boys. Um, so him and Skinner are out there doing a little, you know, workout and wearing the Royal blue pants and everything. So it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's just cool. Obviously always to see the new guy get in the mix. It's like when, you know, Diggs came over and we saw him for his first game. And when the superstar comes over to your team, it's cool to see them um, playing. So just to see that clip out there after not seeing hockey in general and, and Sabres hockey specifically for a while was pretty cool. But um, yeah, should, I mean, should be cool. At least we get to watch some hockey. Like you said, probably be a tough year for the Sabres. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, as it gets closer, we'll, we'll break it down more, I'm sure. And we'll look at the, you know, the roster and the lines and all that kind of stuff. But 
hey, we're going to get hockey back in January. So hopefully 2021 can start off on a, on a better foot right there um, just with hockey, I guess. Um, but anything else? Anything else with the hockey or anything else with the Bills that you want to talk about? No, I think we pretty much covered it. All righty. Well, Bills move on to 10-3 and three with a win on Sunday night over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we look ahead to Denver and, uh, we look ahead to the playoffs too. I mean, hopefully we can, uh, I guess the last thing I'll say is hopefully we can clinch the AFC East next week. The Patriots are officially out of it. The Bro- or the Dolphins obviously lost to the Chiefs this week. So hopefully we get that division this year. First time since 1995. A win gets us the division on, on Saturday. Yep. One's the magic number. I think if Miami loses also, that will get us the division, but it's in our hands to grasp and man, that'd be great just to get that division win. Um, first time since 1995 so it's been a long time coming to get that division back um the the colts have won the division before we have because they used to be in the afc east like we we forget about that stat like the colts won the afc east like 1997 or whatever like they're not even really yeah like they're not even in the division anymore like they have more the colts have more afc east division wins than the bills do since 1996 (laughs) i didn't know that's that yeah wait who did they who replaced them I don't know. I don't, I just know that's a stat. I don't, don't ask me more questions <laughs> besides that, <laughs> but we'll, we'll leave Bill's fans with that stat. Hopefully that we can fix that next week and clinch an AFC's title. But other than that, everybody go bills, go Sabres. Have a great week and we will see you back next Tuesday.